done a project where it's like this involved with with editing for a while you know maybe like a year or something so it's kind of nice to like have someone who's like i want this i want that and then but is also like willing to experiment and land somewhere who yeah, directed kind it of a, uh cody also oh, cody was directing it okay yeah, so, so he, he, did, posted... he does his sorry no you say say what you're gonna say he does oh, his what well, but he does his like his humor and his fight choreography in this one and it's uh it's pretty good. He got like this um, lady who uh, M- Matisse. Her name's Matisse. I don't know what her last name is, but uh, she's like in. She does like Comic Con kind of stuff, and it's kind of this like really light and fun movie. You know, it's like Sahara. Have you guys seen Sahara or Sahara? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, with nope. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of like like that is like the epitome of this movie. Like that combined with like Uncharted, the video game. It's kind of just like one of those like lighthearted like go capture the you know magical fruit type of uh, movie. So okay, he directed. So uh, he posted like some screenshots of it. Was that the color of the film? Um, like you is mean it the kind poster? Of, yeah, that was shoddily put together by me. <laughs> yeah, is that the actual color of the movie, or is that like just for the poster? Uh, no, that's that's still. I mean, I I have touched up the color, but we haven't landed on a grade for like those scenes yet, um, oh, okay. for those greens and stuff. So uh, it was shot on a Canon, so there's only so much we can uh, we can do on totally. on a on a DSLR. Um, Dude, so that's uh, interesting. You brought that up though, because. Uh, this is the first time I've encountered working with a red uh, and shooting, actually shooting video in RAW, and then actually oh, going yeah. back and being able to edit the settings that you shot in it, is yeah. incredible, dude. That's it's a, a different world altogether. <laughs> it's amazing. I didn't know that was like because I've never DSLRs don't shoot in RAW unless you output to RAW, but like that's right. fucking insane, dude. No wonder the red can like there can push that color space so much because you can correct it so much like. More intricate correcting before you go for the grade. You know what I mean? So, like, you're a Tomos. Yeah. You should out, be able to output to RAW. That's what I do, yeah. And then you can go back. Do you actually go back and edit the RAW yeah. metadata? Yeah, and it takes fucking ridiculous. See, that's why your footage, then my, <laughs> I struggle grading Sony footage because I can't go back when you shoot it internal. Yeah. You get that weird, like, yellow cast, green cast shit. It, I mean, yeah. it's still, and like, it's, like, compressed. Yeah, you know? way more compressed. Mm-hmm. It, I'm I'm pretty sure that's how I do it. Um, it's so ridiculous. The files are ridiculous, though. Like th- that's what's ridiculous about it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and you need like a monster of a computer to yeah. to do it. You know. I'm pretty. Yeah. I don't know now. I mean, because I wait. So uh, you have to re- repeat that. In I, raw. You're shooting in raw. I shoot in raw. Raw video. And then it's like. And it's like, um, fuck, the frat file type is like, uh, oh, god damn it. I don't have my shit with me. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, the, like, the really good quality one. What's that? Uh, <laughs> well, it should yeah. be like ARW or something. Well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know how the Atomos Because he gives you, it. like, different options. Yeah. And, like, in, you know, like 422 and. Yeah, oh, ProRes. Yeah, yeah, ProRes. ProRes. So yeah, ProRes. So is it what's the so what's the difference between like RAW and ProRes, or is it like I don't know. RAW is I've, the file pro, type. Okay, that's beyond my 
No, like raw is the file type. Like raw is the file type. Oh, then I don't know if so I. It's not really a file type. It's it's the container. Raw, raw is, is literally container. raw is literally just recording the actual data. Like a raw picture is literally just the data for the picture, and then a program translates the data into a picture. Oh, a JPEG I, I is a picture. Then I don't think I do oh, it that I way because I think mine's just all ProRes. So like, yeah. So you're not shooting in RAW. Yeah. So like, cool. red rock and red code. It red code is like the container. I'm pretty like for RAW, and then you when you put that into Premiere. Okay. You can edit the master. That's sick. And literally, you can change the ISO. That's I don't think you can sick. do the aperture, but you can change like the shutter. You change like right. all the different aspects of it. That's sick. The raw actual and like the white balance and everything and you can get set it all up before you go to even do the correction and the grade. That's fucking cool. It's fucking sweet, dude. Yeah. Wow. Like I've seen I've seen cameras where you can change the aperture too. They're like these little gimmicky kind of cameras that like record like I I don't really know how they do it, do it with the aperture, but they might like do it all like in one go they might just like it might just move really fast or something i don't really know i could see you kind of tweaking the aperture a little bit just by blurring out like if the program can read kind of the planes of the image like it could blur out a section of it you know what i mean but you're not i don't think you can really go like full on with it but i've seen cameras that like that are doing that and but they're like super gimmicky kind of cameras I've, I've noticed. Is it like the phone cameras or like DSLRs? Uh, no, they're like actual, like prosumer cameras. I think I don't know. I I'd have to look it up. I don't know the name of them, but I just remember seeing that and being like, "Whoa, you could do that!" You know. Mm, okay. I mean, raw was raw is already insane, but you know the other things are. It's just like whoa, dude. Raw, it's crazy. That blew my mind. Like, there's a reason why you pay for video cameras. You know, shooting on DSLR is fine. Don't get me wrong, and it's awesome that we have the accessibility of those cameras. But I mean, you know, there's a reason why filmmakers mostly don't shoot on that. They shoot on Reds and they shoot on Aries and right. You well, know, if Sony's, if you have a budget, then, Sony's, or if you have one of those cameras, you know, then <laughs> totally, yeah. By all means, go shoot on it. And if you have a computer that can handle it, but the computer uh, part is the tricky one. Yeah, yeah, because you need. You need to, really, you have to just go have a colorist, like, do all that stuff. Yeah. Like, you need to, like, know someone who, like, has a computer that's good enough. <laughs> unless <laughs> unless you're super loaded, but yeah, most of us are not. Or someone, yeah, someone who is, like, a production editor or someone who's, you know, got the capacity. It does take a lot. Um, there's proxy workflows and stuff you can do, but still, like... But but getting that final grade, like no way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if you if you're like f- fucking with all that stuff, like that's just that's a lot, it, a lot of reasons. Yeah, you can fuck with it, but you you probably have to send it out to like a exporting mill or, or like <laughs> farm, you know, oh, to yeah. like just go do the export for you, which is something you can do. You can like uh, pay like some money to like just send out your project file and ship them a drive and they'll just export it for you on like a really nice computer which at some point i'm probably gonna have to do because my computer's dying when it comes to editing dude it's like <laughs> trying to grade that sony footage was crashing my computer hard it sucked but so got I, through it i just looked up my i guess my camera doesn't shoot raw 
by it like itself no like, no, no like externally but, yeah or so the atomos doesn't even you have to get the newest atomos i believe to shoot raw um the the inferno which i think i have just an older shogun which is still better than like the ninja it's assassin. like shogun inferno though right or um, maybe that's what it is maybe it gives you some better like bit rates or something yeah uh, not bit rates um bit uh color space I don't know what they're Oh, so you have is. the Shogun, but so you need the, the Shogun and for... Okay, I so there so. is ProRes RAW. Yeah, so it's called ProRes RAW, 80 to 140 MBS, 12-bit plus RGB. Um, so oh, I don't... I don't... I don't have... I don't have that. But what's cool is the... the my camera, the newer version, the Sony A7S II, has... Um, you can shoot RAW with it. You have the Shogun Inferno. I just have. I think I just have the Shogun. I don't just, see that on their products list unless they discontinued it. They probably just discontinued it because it at the time it was the best one you could get, but then they came out with the Inferno series like the next year. <laughs> I, w- I would have held out a year if I had known. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's how like, they get you, dude. It's like a slow. Time, it's a features game. Mm-hmm. It's definitely hard to deal with that. You need a lot of. You need. A lot of memory cards. You need a computer who can that can handle that type of shit. That's it's the worst part, man. Is the fucking memory cards. But anyway, I've learned that, and that just kind of blew my mind. Like, no wonder colorists can get so deep into their shit because yeah. you That's can just so you can edit cool. the actual code of like yeah. thing. You That's know, fucking awesome. Like I was watching um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, The Crimes of Grindelwald, or whatever the new. The newest Harry Potter spin-off. Oh, the second one, one. The second one. It's actually, yeah. actually, dude, I don't care what other people <laughs> think about me, but <laughs> I actually enjoy those movies. And the second one was fucking dope. And the cinematography was sick. Like, it's so crisp and so... It's, it's I've never seen a movie besides those two, the two films that are shot like it, like the way it looks, like, stylistically and, like, just, like, the, the color. It's, like, muted, but also super fucking detailed like the 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 like there's a shot of like johnny depp with like sun hitting his face at the beginning of the film that is so crisp that it almost looks black and white even though it's literally just like white sun rays hitting his face like i don't know how to describe it it's like it was it's it's a it's a it's almost silver like i don't i I don't know how to fucking describe it but i was just so entranced with like the whole movie, I was just thinking, like, what? How did they color this film? Because, like, <laughs> like, or if they did. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Because right. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it doesn't look like anything that's post pro- like post-production stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no fucking way they shot this the way it looks like in right. camera. I don't know. It's- it might be, like, one of those, like, it's, like, so, like, well done that it doesn't feel posted even though it totally is you know what i mean yeah that's like the sign of good post is like even with color and editing is that you don't see it yeah you and know? it's and they shot it on the re um six five which is like you know they shot the revenant on that and it's and i feel like the revenant's the same way where i'm looking at it and i'm just like you know that they did post color but but you can't see it because right. like the resolution in the camera is so fucking good like there's no it doesn't seem artificial, like, you know? Right. Like, it just seems right. like the blues and the grays and the greens that you get are literally what they th- what they recorded, you know? I don't know how to describe that. That's but so it's great, just like, yeah. I, 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 I was like, man, I want to see their workflow. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah, see, Ari yeah. Raw. Yeah. 6.5K. It's, dude, it's. Raw is crazy, man. Raw is just <laughs> fucking mind blown. Um, all right. Uh, welcome to the Backpack Films podcast, where we cover the things you didn't, you never knew, you wanted to know about movies. Uh, I'm Keith. This is Byron. I'm Jacob. And this week, we're covering kind of a, I guess, niche plot type, specific subplot, I guess, if you will. Um, basically, where protagonists have to fight their way to the top of a building in order to survive uh which both of these films are exactly that uh, <laughs> um the first film is the raid redemption released in 2011 uh swat team becomes trapped in a tenement run by a ruthless mobster and his army of killers and thugs uh the raid is written and directed by gareth evans it stars i don't know how to say any of these names Iko Uyas, Joe Taslim, Donnie Alamsaya, Yayan Ruhian, and Pierre Gruno. Uh, the second film was Dread, released a year later in 2012. Uh, in a violent, futuristic city where the police have the authority to act as judge, jury, and executioner, a cop teams with a trainee to take down a gang excuse me, that deals the reality-altering drug Slow-Mo. Uh, Dread was written by Alex Garland. Directed by Pete Travis, it stars Carl Urban, Olivia Thurlby, Lena Headey, and Domino Gleason, among you know some others as well. And side note, it was actually shot by Anthony Dodd Mantle, um, huh. of uh, not Von Trier. Yeah, yeah, it is Von Trier of uh, Antichrist. Yeah, Antichrist fame. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's a guy who's come up on the podcast before. We I think we've even covered a film that he's. Uh, Shot. He's to find definitely real been brought up because we talked about Dogman. Oh, he did. John, he did uh, Julian Donkey Boy. Yeah. To, uh, and Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, he's done. He's worked a lot with Vinterberg, um, and Danny Boyle, and Ron Howard, and yeah, he's worked with Von Trier. Oh, he did, and he did Festin too, which we talk about all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, with Vinterberg. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dogville. So he did a couple of Von Triers. Yeah, so it's interesting that he popped up randomly for this movie. Yeah. Uh, well, and I also, didn't know he did Ron Howard, too. Yeah, Rush he did uh, In the Land of the, Heart sea, of the sea. Or Heart of the Sea, that's it. And yeah. Rush, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so wow. it's cool that he popped up here. Yeah, Dread's stacked, actually, when you really look at it. Which is kind of crazy that it wasn't more successful because of how many people. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fairly <laughs> big-name people who are attached to it. Um, yeah, so the whole point of this, well episode is that one we kind of just wanted to go to something a little bit more simple covering some heavier stuff recently so uh just kind of taking it easy don't have to think too much while watching the movies because the plot is i mean even like exterior plot and motivations are pretty basic overall (laughs) there's not really a lot to like chew on it's just fun um but that leads me to my question though is for a film like this or films like this so because dread when dread came out it was directly compared to the raid because i mean they're like essentially the same type of movie just in a different setting um how integral is plot to this because like obviously both movies try to add in like some plotting or some arc to it you know like right betrayal the, like the s- sliver of it yeah yeah exactly uh i don't know how how integral do you guys think plot is to this Well, these films like do we need it or can we just watch it and just like 
Dude, let them just I, shoot I think their way through. It's totally in the eye of the beholder. You know, it's 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 whoever's watching it. You know, like uh, I think it's just different strokes, different folks. Like it's movies. Like the if if someone were like, hey, like your movie is garbage because there's no character development or no plot or no first act, i.e., the raid, <laughs> uh, <laughs> then uh, that's like. A bunch of other people will love it for that. You know what I mean? Like, I a, lot feel of, like a lot of other people are like, well, the choreography is like so amazing. It's totally worth watching. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, no, that's, I don't think there's no like hard and fast rule. It's just like, no, what do there's people not. like there's not. Yeah. But I kind of feel like that. Like, I'm going to call you out a little bit. I feel like that answer is a little bit of a cop out because like, why? Because I feel like the writers still felt a need to, to integrate and inject plot points to kind of move things along like you know alex garland is a well-known writer now he did uh, ex mahina annihilation like he's really well known in the sci-fi community and he wrote this and he actually wrote multiple different like stories for dread and landed on this one uh and simplified the plot down a lot but still felt the need to like add in this like the subplot of the rookie and you know like Dread doesn't really get an arc because that's kind of the character, but like, you know, the but the aspects the lady of does. she mm-hmm. does, yeah. yeah, she gets a, yeah, she gets she one, and then like you know, there's sort of this kind of betrayal of being bought off, you know, the the other judges being bought off. Like, there's still like aspects to this that he just needs to write in. So it seems to me like the writers really do feel like there needs to be plot. Well, yeah, I mean that is such like one of the right let's like the writers like one of their biggest jobs is is like how to get from a to b um so it makes sense you know i mean if i can't imagine a writer being really interested in writing something like the raid like i feel like the raid comes from a like like even like john wick like i feel like john wick is like so much about the action that like i don't think like a like a like you know the writer of big like john august or something would like want to write john wick you know what i mean because it's just like writing action scenes you know what i mean yeah it's much more simple in that regard like yeah do we so like how little plot do we need then let's say plot is a thing that is that just has to be there for this type of movie is there like kind of like a baseline the the raid i think really hits that line of like the bare minimum, but I feel like a movie like Samsara, where there is no plot, but you still get something when you watch it. I feel like that like crosses it, but as or not crosses the line, but I feel like that movie is like there is no plot. But I think if you have like a one of these like action movies, there has to be something there to um, to give a reason to have the action, and the raid really gives you just this much i'm doing a tiny little <laughs> my fingers are very small together i mean close. really the dread of dread only gives you like a tiny bit though too yeah like he happens to respond to a call and then they get trapped in the building i i feel like dread gives you a little more because dread dread um gives you a sense of the like the buddy copness of the like they so they have a relationship where he's you know testing her out and um you also get to know the the bad lady a little more um you mama. know who plays cersei or whatever uh yeah mama um 
And I, I feel like the raid just like it kind of has some of that stuff, but not quite as much, I guess. I it tries know. to fit it in about halfway into the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I think um, I don't. I think like I think it'd be extremely hard to write like these type of movies. Like, like I'm, I'll, I'll be honest. I think I think it'd be easier for me to write like you know a hundred twenty page drama film than it would be to, like an eighty minute action film. Yeah, because how do you write that? Because how do you, how do you, like, could, like, how do you write an action film like John Wick or or Dread or The Raid? Like that that one is entertaining, two deceptively simple. Because I think they're both deceptive. I think I think they're more, I think there there's more going on with the writing than what I think even me is really aware of because like everybody has different motivations i think it's simple to say that you know mama is is keeping her her empire trying to keep her empire intact and wants to you know keep her you know but there's but they all have to have these different motivations and to be able to like write like and a guy goes down a hallway he turns right there's a group of five guys there and then they get shot and then like but to keep that all all these like set pieces and stuff like continually amping up and like i don't know how to explain it but like for me that i feel like alex garland i think what i think i think like it's easy for someone to say that this is like probably a easier easier um uh thing to write because it's an action film but i think there's a reason why he probably had multiple rough drafts in that oh yeah i don't believe it was easier no 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 i never yeah 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 no if anything um I I think you're I think you're on the same wavelength as me when it's like I think I think writers that that write action films get underappreciated. I think you feel that way too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know sure. because it's like I think it's like it's 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 decept they're deceptively simple. In There's the kind sense, of a perception of, of that, right? Like, yeah, because dude, you know, and then it explodes, and the motorcycle comes flying through, yeah. and it's awesome. Tom Cruise like, comes yeah. in. <laughs> like anybody could write that, but to make a, a, an action film that works, and that 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 when you leave it, you're not like, well, that was dumb. Because like, right. I've watched plenty of action films where I've left, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, that was fucking dumb. Whereas right. with Dread, I didn't feel like that. Like I was like, that's a that was a constructed in a way where by the film's end it felt good like like it certainly had beats to it too right, right that yeah. you could feel yeah. kind of like boom, boom, boom but like it doesn't boom, it didn't boom, boom. it i mean you can say it's cliched but it didn't like while i'm watching it it didn't feel cliched you know it's it's not right. aware it wasn't aware of its clichedness and it like it, it felt fresh because <laughs> yeah because it didn't really yeah it didn't really care because yeah. it knew what it was but it didn't it didn't shove it in your face like you're watching an action film and i think there was a combination of just like the writing the choreography and the cinematography those three i think they all have to be in like super like close together close together for these type of yeah. films and i think like anthony dodd mantle was just doing some crazy ass shit you know for How'd 2011 like? wait, wait. 2012 that he's like well let's well, what if we did this shit you know yeah and yeah and then alex garland's like well yeah actually that fits really well with what i had written here and then you know um yeah i don't know i don't i, I feel like 
I feel I like you're it's right, deceptively though. deceptively simple. Because I mean, I can I can just hear I can hear other podcasts talk about like how like this is just another low budget science fiction action film that doesn't really have much merit. But like, I don't want to be all over the dread bandwagon here. But like, I think this type of movie, this movie makes a case for others like it that totally that yeah. you can have like these solid action films that are written well i mean fucking alex garland man like he wrote a fucking thriller with ex machina in like one little house that is fucking intelligent it's part scary it's part it's like super intelligent and then he does this uh well before and then he does like annihilation he he can do all sorts of different like different types of screenplays i think you're on to something there for sure yeah, I, I think one thing that to add to your point, Byron, uh, is, and I think a lot of people don't really think about this, but when you're like making any kind of action movie, you you can't just like have, uh, you can't just like say it's a car chase scene. You know what I mean? You can't just like say car chase. Like you have to like find a way to like have it be different than like anything else that has happened. So if you're like gonna do a car chase scene, you have to have like your a unique spin on it that hasn't ever been done before you know like it, there, there has to be like some something um i think a good example of what you're doing is my guilty pleasure to the born movies yeah and that first born one they do a car chase in paris and he drives a mini cooper yeah yeah <laughs> gets chased by the cops <laughs> right so you can take the mini cooper and they go like up and down stairs down alleys yeah. like it's just these crazy spots where you can't really take other cars you know, right. and that's how they made it kind of more yeah, unique. more exciting and yeah. unique. And I feel like, like you think Keith mentioned earlier, that you know this the cat the cast and crew of this film was really stacked. And like, I think maybe we're giving maybe I'm giving Alex Garland too much credit, but it's the combination of like the people that worked on that do for a living car chases, the the stop oh, yeah. men, the people that core that them with the writers, with the director, with the cinematographer, yeah, all together. Because out of any other movie type of like genre, action movies I think really demand the crew, like, I, like to really work together even bigger than like, you know, a period film where like yeah, a period yeah. drama. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't. The the coordination to, to pull yeah. off action stunts and the, the the how much they cost requires yeah. such a, a precise execution yeah. that every department has to be so ready like yeah. so planned and coordinated in their efforts and that's what really is kind of sad about action is because the way it is and the way it's portrayed is it's very simple like michael bay is a lot of shit for his films being kind of what they are <laughs> but the dude knows how to do action. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he does. Ter- even yeah. like most people consider Tarantino's opinion high. They consider it of high value. Tarantino thinks action films are the hardest films to execute on, and it has the most respect yeah. for directors who can pull that off. Like because it requires so much to be constant. Well, one constantly interesting and innovative, and but also to be able to execute like yeah, that. Yeah. Like to coordinate a scene where like. Seven cars are going to be blown in the air. <laughs> Explosions, making sure no one dies. All the cameras, you know, are we shooting outside in light? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, are we going to have to reset if we fuck this up? Yeah. Which is going to take three yeah. days to reset. Yeah. Like, what, you know? like and costume resetting and, like... Costume and resetting. just, like, costumes in general. Because, like, say, you know, uh, 
you know, uh, Uma Thurman is coming out of a car wreck, right? Her 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 shit's gonna be fucked up, and so exactly. you, they have to have like multiple costumes. So like every single fucking department has to be on board with action films. Yeah, like and and yeah. it takes so long. Yeah, yeah. To shoot, like there's so many shots normally. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. There's a ton of shots, mm-hmm. a ton of editing that goes into it. Like a lot of your the imagination for action directors is. is quite a lot yeah to, to yeah keep all your shots that you're getting and keep it all kind of interesting and what's it takes quite a bit what's really cool too about like the raid and like john wick is that i think the raid actually started it i think the raid has started a whole new fad with action films in the sense of like you don't need a whole bunch of quick cuts to to be super exciting i mean i think like jackie chan and, yeah and other um uh fighters and stuff in the past have have really tried to play with like no cutting and stuff but i think the raid at least for hollywood i think changed the game where like you know you see john wick and you know you see keanu reeves in like a three minute sequence without any cuts like just fucking you know going Mm -hmm. to town and it's a different way of 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 shooting because like they probably have to do 17 fucking takes (laughs) Right. you know but and, yeah <laughs> but like to 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 make it so that every single hit is sold right, right. um instead of just and, and that you say that you know he goes for three minutes with it without a cut but really the important thing is that they're not cutting during the punch you know mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. in the same shot you're seeing the punch get thrown and and land and and you see the reaction from the punch hit yeah you know mm-hmm. and that stuff yeah that's like where like the the raid is like dope like i mean you can do a three minute action scene and yeah you get all that stuff but you know in that john wick movie i just watched this recently they do have long takes but every every time they like they never cut on like a punch or anything no which is yeah. like that's where it starts feeling cheap a little bit yeah if, it, stuff. and it feels super cheap now because i don't think i don't think a, a big film could come out to like you know imax and 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 be edited that way anymore I I no. with I mean even with the Marvel films and and John Wick and um, the X Men films that have come out in the last six or so years, I think audiences would just be like this is this is crap you know yeah and, they, they would. and they, after the first two weeks or whatever they just stop showing up because yeah. we're just word well, of mouth you know like, yeah uh, but they, like even like the new Mission Impossible movie with Tom Cruise they have they have the hits like he's actually punching but he's. I feel like you you can kind of tell he's a little bit slower than he's, than he's the, you know than he was before. So what they do is they do frame shaving in that movie. So they'll like cut out a frame like here and there. Mm. So to like speed up for like just a second, um, or a one twenty fourth of a second technically, uh, it, so that those punches look a little bit harder. It was kind of oh, an wow. interesting. That's uh, funny. I just watched that film two days ago. For the first time. Yeah, did you see in the bathroom scene that it's totally yeah, that's yeah. where I could tell the the most. There, there was a in the bathroom scene. There was a scene that like in a tunnel, um, where there was like some fight, like hand to hand stuff. Uh, I think it was right. like a tunnel sort of thing, like um, the underground area. Yeah, that I kind of noticed yeah. it a little bit, but I didn't realize that's what they did. I just noticed like, huh, you know, like yeah, I just, it's just like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just tiny. Um, so what does it look I haven't seen those movies and I can't find anything on frame shaving on Google so like well it's it's like the idea so each movie generally almost every movie is shot 24 frames per second you guys know that so during an action scene what they do and I guess Kingsman kind of did this a little bit too that's a little more obvious um, but that's more speed ramping but the um, 
the shaving is just like take take a frame out so like if you're moving like this like one two three four you're like you're skipping this one so it's one two three see what i'm saying oh, okay but yeah, it's so you're like stretched over that period of time yeah and what happens is um everything like that works for that punch but everything around like in in the frame will also jump like a tiny bit more in that you, you know what i mean if the camera's moving hmm, okay or, or people will move just like a pinch more so you can tell if like the whole thing kind of jolts for a second and it's tiny you know i think most people don't notice and really it i think it's like a stylistic thing that some people are into and some people aren't but um that's what it but is. I, I, was, I think that's yeah, wow. kind of a curious way of like cutting, you know, because it seems smooth even though it's technically like changing the time. Yeah, it is funny because like I I feel like with technology now, you can cut things so like so much more like minutely or finely than you could, you know, in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like you could. Yeah, yeah. There's more. There's more ways of of doing little tricks and stuff like that than they than there were you know even mm-hmm. probably 10 years ago where you can because I mean, i'm sure that they they there's like guys you know almost their entire careers are, are basically just figuring out how to sell you know these type of stunts and and it just through editing you know what i mean like oh yeah <laughs> well i mean there's fight choreographer like the guy who the guy who did kingsman who he also did uh uh, the world's end. The um, blanking on the filmmaker's name, but the guy who did like Scott Pilgrim and the oh Edgar and, Wright, Edgar Wright, yeah. So he he also did the choreography for um, Edgar Wright's movie at uh, the world's end or at world's end or whatever, and um, it's the same as like Kingsman. Like it's a mm. it's the same kind of like style, um, and it's the same guy who's just like that's just like the thing that he does, and and he creates choreography that is like based around that like post-production process so I, I think he's like heavily involved uh from the beginning to like make sure that the choreography like like can be like used in post during his speed ramping like session and you know it, you know what i mean yeah and that's like it's, another thing is like i think people forget that like these stunt guys and these these choreographers they're filmmakers like yeah. Like it's easy to just label them as choreographers. No, they're filmmakers because they have to also be aware and know the technology that allows them to get away with what they're coming up with. You know what I mean? Like they have to yeah. They, yeah. like it's not just to be in talks with like the director. Like they like you know, when like on the special features of like John Wick, like those guys, I forget what they're called. There's like a, it's a group and they pride themselves with not only just doing physical shit but of really being versed in like how like the history of of film action filmmaking and and um and just like all the tricks of the trade you know they yeah. they know like if they're being hired on to do more of like a samurai thing they're going to st- they're going to learn the styles and they're going to learn the 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 editing techniques and stuff behind those films that tradition to really be able to pull it off and like people don't think about that you know what i mean like and there's all these like you know like there's so many different traditions like you know you look at the raid right that's a whole tradition that we never really had seen too much of i mean it's a combination of different things but the fact that it was made in like what indonesia it's a i think it's indonesian right uh yeah Um, the raid is indonesia yeah Yeah. Yeah. um you know it's its own thing like but but before before the raid could you like 
name an Indonesian fight film? No, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's its own thing and that's why it's so unique. But because of it, that tradition has now like morphed its way into other traditions, you know, now yeah. you see it in Hollywood, you know? So it's, yeah. it's kind of cool. Um, but also like, it's easy to forget that these guys are filmmakers too. You know, it's all within the industry. Just people kind of take it for granted, I think, you know? Oh, for sure. And so, you could say that about really any, um, I, I think that that stretches beyond just fight choreographers too, and goes to other types of court, like dance choreography. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. Um, just mute like music and movies like composers i think a lot of people have a lot of respect for like john williams and um the other guy from the you know 20s i can't remember his name but he has like 80 billion oscars uh i can't remember what his name is off the top of my head but uh but like just like the how the music plays i think is is definitely also kind of underrepresented because yeah. it is so hidden you know yeah, like like, in, like animators you know and animate oh that's a great one because i yeah, was, i watched the uh, the animated dumbo film this morning oh how was that oh wait the old school the old school and the original one yeah. i hadn't seen it for 20 years you know it was a film that i i'd seen as a kid right um how was then, that minstrel show was that pretty good or what the minstrel show the minstrel show what? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the crows oh 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 yeah i mean it's funny because like yeah i can see the controversy there but it like i i i, I know that the i know that the film was being 1940 41 oh, yeah, exactly, so like yeah but yeah yeah but the but like the the film like i the whole time i was just like holy shit like you know the animators they had to really know what they were doing to be able to pull off what was going on in that film they had they had, they had to be aware of of how films work and like the emotional right. stakes and you know all that um so I was impressed with that, but it, I also, I, when I, while I was watching it, I was thinking about Dread because I had seen Dread two days before, and it's weird, but like that's how I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, here are you know animators, um, and uh, I was thinking of costume design when I was watching the the Crimes of Grindelwald film, and um, oh yeah, and, talk and just, about great costume design in that yeah, and just like yeah. just about all these different departments that get overlooked because they don't they're not considered like oh he, he's a costumer he's a whatever no he's a filmmaker right. too you know yeah or she dude you know. production production designers if there's yeah. one thing that i like going through school that i did not learn enough about was the production designers you know 100%. like in, in film studies and i feel like it you're it's just overlooked for uh like the french word for uh like what's in the scene which is mise-en-scene you know mm -hmm. so it, there's like this obsession with like what's in the frame that's mise-en-scene you know all the things in the background that's that's a production designer you know and like my whole <laughs> like i didn't realize that was like a job for like the longest time <laughs> and it was so dumb that like we never like talked about it as if like someone was like doing it because it's like probably the most important job on set as far as well for certain movies for period movies obviously but um uh, like making sure that there's like a space for the movie to like live in like i feel like that's like terribly important and incredibly overlooked on my part i mean um, just the fact that you and not a lot of people do it not a lot of people do it and yeah. it's a hard job and the fact that you even use the word set like the set comes from the production designer mm. like right. that's just that's what it set yeah. is like even if you're shooting yeah. on location like if you're smart you're gonna have a production designer help you work with the cinematographer 
and everyone else to make sure that the scene is good, that it's dynamic, that the light's going to yeah. work. Right. You know, yeah, the, the like, colors of the the like mm-hmm. the the drapes like need to be a certain color. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it's also the most expensive part of the film too. I know. Yeah. Like, people yeah. in charge of that are basically in charge of the budget. Besides, like the money that's going to yeah. like like the actors. You know oh, what I mean? Right. Like like right. you know. But like other than that, like what what makes these films expensive? Like the newest Dumbo, right? The live action one. Right, it's all right. the fucking sets that they have to build, you know, right. for millions of dollars. <laughs> and I feel like yeah. for those who might, <laughs> you know, who are like me and think kind of analogously to things, film positions like production designer, costume designer, um, music to a degree, they're like the linemen of like a football team. And I'm talking not like linebackers who actually have like some spotlight. I'm talking about the people who stand in front of the quarterback and make sure that fucker doesn't get hit. (laughs) Those guys who get zero credit for anything at all in a successful play and yet are integral to making sure that your play and that you can execute and win a game. And they get zero credit. Yeah, Seahawks have a horrible O-line. And you know, because Russell gets sacked all the time. You know, <laughs> Russell Wilson. He gets sacked all the time. And it's like, fuck. Like, where is our O-line? And we go and get the one of the best O-line guys. But you know what? Every one of them has to be good in order for it to work, you know. Yeah. But we paid, like, out the ass for, for Brown, who's incredible, you know. But they all have to be good. So if you have one thing that is... The analogy here is if you have one department that is down, like, the whole thing's just going to fall apart. Like, you- if someone's, like haircut is like fucked up looking you know like the the hair is bad then it's like oh you know what i mean then it's just like totally pulls you out of the whole movie the play doesn't work like you know what i'm saying for example okay let's talk let's take dogma 95 for an example here too so dogma 95 the whole point of that is to be some sort of deconstructionist type filmmaking where you know only handheld uh you can't bring in any props except for what's there um, Byron, help me remember all the aspects. Oh, um, it's basically, it's like simplified. You yeah, can't do anything no outside of what's there. Yeah, um, and yeah. basically, all has to be all like all in camera. Right. Even even the yeah. the music has to be recorded on set. You know. So. And a lot of Dogma ninety five films are shot cheaply, tape, VHS. You know, digital. They're very simple in that regards, and in, in those regards, but. All of those films only survive because there's a production designer able to give you tools day of <laughs> and give you a space to actually work in. Yeah. Like, it's not like fucking Julian Donkey Boy looks good to watch. Yeah. But they had someone who was able to say, hey, this house makes sense for what we're looking for. Yeah. You can do all these different things. There's this dynamicism. There's this light here and light there. And yeah, you're all not. That shit, while like, you're watching, you're not thrown out. Like, oh, that doesn't fit the tone of the film. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's all. And then you have of, like that side of the spectrum. You know where you're. It doesn't matter who's shooting your film, really. I mean, yes, it does, but it also doesn't. You know, and then the other side with like the Revenant, which we just talked about, which is like Jack Fisk brought in trees to be planted yeah. and fake snow and built a set. Their, yeah. their outpost that's full 360 could hide all the gear and allow the camera still to move everywhere and 
setting up dynamite on the side of a mountain so that yeah. there'll be this avalanche that they can capture. Like that was all him. Yeah. And well, him and his team, but like this, he's the brain of that whole operation. Like, and that film, you don't even know that half that shit's fake. No. Yeah. And that's the thing right. is like, and there's like, you know, production designers, like, their job is so vast, like you said, like, you know, the production designer for John Wick is going to have to also make sets that they're going to have to tear down walls and shit easily so that they can bring more mm-hmm. people in or do set up scenes again or whatever, you know, like quicker. And then there's other types of film like, you know, like The Fort and The Revenant where you don't have to really make it to be able to like really change it up. They just want it immersive. And then there's production designers that are, you know, going to have to like do films that um are all on studio backlot or they're going to do all their production design in post and like they have animated to build, films right. you know yeah. what i mean the studio yeah. backlot too yeah. is like they have to build it from scratch yeah yeah fill a room with stuff make it feel yeah. lived in make it feel like someone can actually go there and be like holy shit this is like the set yeah and like the production design of, of dread and 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 the raid you know are very they're very stylistic in 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 terms of like like they they fit you know it fits so well you know what i mean like I, you can tell that they're just not locations that they just found they had they had to have work done you know yeah. like they they shot oh, yeah. dread in south africa um in johannesburg and they shot you know the raid in indonesia but like you could still tell that like, they just didn't go to some derelict fucking you know project building and right. and film there. They they had to really you know for at least dread they had to make it more fu- futuristic looking and but they also had to I'm sure make it so that it was one safe for everybody mm-hmm. you know uh, two you know just making sure that they are able to get everything that's in the script and be able to pull that off with what the cinematographer wants and everything. It's crazy. It really is I think crazy. another good example, too, is uh, the new It. Yeah. So there's tunnel scenes that take place in that movie. Those didn't take place... I mean, it took place in what is an actual tunnel, but not an actual tunnel. They built this these frames out of wood. Like, you can see the behind the scenes. <laughs> in the back lot, they built this fucking maze That's of so tunnels sweet. that are all wood, <laughs> and then they made the inside... A tunnel. That's fucking. So sweet. they could film in it. That's production design. Yeah. Without someone who's like dedicated to that craft, fucking whoever director whoever shoots it, it's not, it just yeah. doesn't matter because right. they don't won't be have any place to do it. You the hallway scene in in uh, Inception production designer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Yeah. yeah. They had to figure. The, they had to work spinning, with everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah. The spinning, spinning the hallway, spinning thing. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. Interstellar uh, with all all of their spinning shit in in that movie and all the project projections that they have on like the on the everywhere, you know, like that's all. Interstellar is a good too. example too because they put in you, Nolan talks about this. They put cereal boxes created for the film in the cupboards that you don't see. see you yeah, can't yeah, even yeah. see them. Yeah. But it was for to it was to fill in the details of the set, mm-hmm. yeah, to give it the most complete feeling they could possibly have, yeah. right? You know, that's production design, yeah. And Gaspar Noé did you, the same for climax that we talked about. You know, 
Oh, the, exactly. Like, yeah. like it's so you wouldn't even think that there was a production designer designer there, but like he created that whole fucking building room thing. Yeah, it looks like know? he just showed up at some like gym. Yeah, or something. yeah. And like, they have oh, like yeah, posters like... and stuff that you don't even see. Yeah, but they're there. Exactly. In the, each in, of all their rooms that they were living in, you know, it's and crazy. That actually brings me around to what I wanted to say about uh, mise en scène too. It's kind of like mise en scène is sort of this almost dumb. And this might sound controversial to people. <laughs> Dumb sort of like academic thing. It's like it's like okay. So true. Day one of film of fil- like film studies, you hear what mise en scène is. This is the first thing yeah. your professor is going to tell you. And often, for those who don't know, like mise en scène is literally just what's in the frame. Literally, yeah. what you see yeah. when besides, you're in the frame. Besides the actors. Besides the actors. Yeah. And it creates this concept that whatever's in the frame is all that matters and it's not true it's everything that you build in your space before you get the camera there to film something yeah because it's you can't this is why a lot of modern acting is so different and a lot of why some more traditional actors don't like it because it's all this green screen room and you have to imagine mm-hmm. everything that's there. You can't walk into a kitchen and interact and open a drawer and actually see, wow, I'm never going to open this in the film, but there's silverware in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. there's, you know, oven mitts in that other one. Like, yeah. I could turn the oven on and work. You know, like, <laughs> there's something that helps actors live in and yeah, mise-en-scene yeah. tricks new incoming filmmakers into thinking that well, as long as I just set up this corner of the room, yeah, then it's going to be cool. Right. And like right. that's you can, and that's <laughs> when you're when you're inexperienced and you don't have someone dedicated to production design, that certainly is almost a necessity, yeah. right? But I, I, like I, you know, you really have to consider that the whole room, even if you're not going to shoot necessarily the whole room, do as much as you can to create that room. Yeah, and it helps the actors. Right. I, I have another example that that is that is very telling, and you can you can actually see it in the frame in in movies of of, of people not completing the set, mm-hmm. and it's in a lot of sitcoms, mm-hmm. um, and it is the coffee cup, it, actors holding a coffee cup, coffee mug. You see it a lot in Gilmore Girls. But there's there's no water or anything in the in oh those coffee yeah, things. Yep. and they're just. There's great. You can look at Google like um, just like coffee uh, mugs, actors like compilation, and there's like some insane ones where it's like there's clearly no coffee in that. Yep. You know, or there's clearly like they are not like like they're trying to like hold a bag and they like are carrying it with like their pinky, and it's like this makes no no sense. And I feel like that is like a clear example of where you want to have those cereal boxes. You know, in the background, you want to mm-hmm. like the things that are uncovered. You want to, uh, or the things that are covered up. You want to like have something in there um, because it it does like make it feel more real for the performers who totally. are in the space. You know, totally. and I think maybe you know maybe there is a, a degree of where it's like okay, that doesn't really matter, um, but things that are like improperly weighted bug the shit out of me in movie like where it's yeah. like that's clearly not the it's not as heavy as the actor is like pretending it, you know what i mean it's just like that's not right but it totally also really could be really funny too there's an snl skit where they 
play on that. that stuff. But it, it was a spoof of the crappiness of movies sometimes. You know what I mean? I think guns are a good example, too. When you fake a gunshot and then put it in in post, most people who have... Because a uh, lot of yeah. people haven't shot a gun. You don't know how it's going to react. You can have an assumption of how yeah. it's going to like recoil. But like when right. you actually put a blank in a gun and it fires and yeah. there's recoil, you can tell the difference between when someone's faked it and when that gun actually yeah. does yeah. recoil. You know what and I mean? It's still hard I, to like teach someone to how like <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to because you really have to experience it. Yeah, yeah. You really do. You really do. Uh, I, felt that, I felt that with the raid. I know the raid had um, they used airsoft guns, but everything was just like when they were shooting, it was so smooth. But it felt like that was like the intent, or it, I guess it could have been the result of actors not knowing how the guns work. But it, it, to a degree, it felt like that they were just kind of standing there, and the um, and the shooting was was like pretty like smoother than it maybe should have been yeah I, that, I felt like and but the, it's uniformly so so it didn't bother me as much yeah exactly you know what I mean? yeah no yeah, uh, yeah. no yeah. i'm totally with you yeah, yeah it's, it's weird it's like it's like if, if the whole film is corny or like just a little off i'll buy it because it's all like that but if it's like yeah. one actor that's like fucking shooting it's rock, also like then he's like okay yeah no. <laughs> yeah 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 most people and this goes along with not having experience shooting a gun don't know what it looks like when a gun is going off right. in an automatic right. way or what the body needs to be doing to actually hold a gun steady yeah. while you're letting yeah. out 30 rounds in a row you know what i mean and like, it's funny too because like some people react differently like i, I work with this guy who he's <laughs> he's t- t- afraid i'm afraid to say it, but like he's 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 a little bit of a wuss. <laughs> like, uh-huh. and every time he shoots, like, he likes guns and stuff, but, like, he was like, yeah, I shot the shotgun. I only shot it once because it hurt my, it hurt my shoulder too much. It's like, like, really, dude? Come on, man. Like, it didn't even give you a bruise. Like, come on. Like, dude, and some of I, those, like, I shot an AK down at the range and that fucker bruised my shoulder. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing like, is like, should've... like, so, like some of the, like, some of them do bruise you. But like, come on! It's not like you're not gonna go. Oh, for sure. It's like you you could continue for another hour or so, like like oh, yeah. like shooting. Yeah. But like this guy was just like, uh, so it's hard when you were with someone that is maybe a little sensitive to be able to teach them how to pull it off. If they're, you know what I mean? I don't know how to explain that. But like, no, for they sure, they have to really be open to to yeah. really understanding and like. Uh, to pull, like I don't know how shit. To even handing and, someone yeah, a gun but, who's never hold a yeah, gun is like true. a weird thing true. for people. Yeah. They, oh God! Don't give me stuff. <laughs> they have to have something to to pull from, too. You know, exactly. like they God. like if you're just like trying, you know. And this is going back to the green screen thing. Like if if you uh, and McGregor's walking around trying to imagine what these like robots look like in you know Clone Wars or Attack of the Clones, then it's just like well. You know, like wh- he has nothing to like pull from. Exactly. You know, so like if you give an actor a gun, like they, and take your actors to the shooting range, show them how guns actually work. Then they have like an idea of like they have an experience that they can pull from. They people do it all the time. Like John in Wick, Argo, <laughs> um, Ben um, Affleck. He had all of his actors go stay in a room for two months together mm. to prepare for that movie. Like he's given them the he's given them the tools to like do the movie right. You know what yeah. I mean? That's and why so there's I, that I school think, of acting, right? Where yeah. you, of you you do it before you act. 
you do it before you act. And I, I think that there is definitely like a case for certain kinds of movies, especially ones that are being made now, where that is like a necessity to um, to to get the movie made. You know. Mm-hmm. Or not? Definitely. No, I mean, <laughs> in the case of the raid, or or dread. Like, I feel like dread is better for the f- or both raid and dread are better for the lack of knowledge around guns and how guns work. Yeah, and how they look. They're better for not knowing that or going against that. I think like seeing like the red bullets in dread was like, or the pink bullets was like the coolest. Like when he's running from the chain guns mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was fucking sick. Like that was like the coolest thing. And you could, if you were trying to recreate a real, like bullet, like that just wouldn't work. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like wanted. Um, <laughs> it's like what? Wanted? Have you seen oh, that? Oh yeah. Or they like yeah, they, wanted they, is great. They can like spin, spin the, the bullets bullet almost to yeah. curve. Yeah. yeah. Um, shit. What was I gonna say? The movie's nuts. <sighs> I have to see that again. It's been so oh, John long. Wick, Connor Reeves trains for months yeah on a shooting range with real ammo yeah being able to pop out he shoots starts with the rifle drops it gets the gun and he times himself and try and has records yeah, does that he rolls sets. Like, and, and yeah, yeah like everything. and that's why when you go to watch it he's like pop 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 yeah. pop drop pop, 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 drops like actually dropping a clip yeah. out of a gun and trying to pull another one out and oh. put it in a gun in a smooth motion is it's, hard yeah fuck <laughs> i mean you have to learn how to breathe properly when you're yeah. doing that you know what i mean like yeah. you need to you need, you need to learn how to breathe properly fucking shooting a gun standing still yep so <laughs> no seriously like there's a proper it's like way a scene in every no, every like movie yes you know? there's a proper way of breathing though you when out, you're just yeah. shooting a gun just standing so it's a whole other thing when you're doing movement and to do what john or what keanu reeves is pulling off and john wick and the and just the 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 smoothness. the smoothness and just the 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 uh I forget the, the the not the choreography, but the handed the coordination that's involved with just being able to pull, mm. you know, yeah. something from the you know backpack or your belt or whatever, or from a oh, dead yeah. body nearby into these different you know clips or magazines, whether it's an assault rifle or a or a pistol. I mean, or like a bullet into a revolver. Like fuck, like it's yeah. crazy. It really is insane. And like that scene in the raid when the guy's trying to put the the shell into the revolver and he's struggling like that's real yeah because like yeah. that's hard to do <laughs> yeah and especially when you're stressed out and then try to put it in, you know like and then not re- then there's aspects of guns too like when you drop that magazine out and you go to stick the next one in yeah you can't have your actor slip pull in the slide back either because that's you're how right. you're gonna get the next that's how you're gonna get those shots yeah. going in or like loading a shotgun is not it's Make it you can make it look simple, but it's not yeah. that simple. No, it's and it's, yeah. it's like when you tell people to actually go load something, it's like a bottom fed shotgun. Like they they take their time. It's like they got to pick it. They got to make sure the shell's right, and then push in, and then they make sure it's you know like that first time someone actually grabs a gun on the range, and then they kind of stand there like they're kind of square to the target instead of a little bit back and letting your back you know the back yeah. leg kind of like there's a posturing that's involved yeah and like hmm. when you can tell when someone's never hold a, held a gun because they're just like what is this thing <laughs> right yeah. like, plus it, if you do all that work with your actor it can lead to happy mistakes too you know like have you guys seen fellowship of the ring yep yeah yeah so like the end when like Vigo mortensen is fighting the orc and the orc throws a sword at him and he deflects it out of the air Oh yeah, you guys, you guys know the trivia behind that—that that, that was like an accident. Oh, like that's that wasn't, 
That's and he shit. actually like does it like in person. So what could have been a dead Vigo Mort uh, Vigo Mortensen <laughs> led to a the coolest move he ever did in the whole entire trilogy. Like because it was like the coolest shit ever. Like to see him like knock that sword out. So I mean, but he he practiced for for years. You know, as a as a swordsman. You know. Um, uh, I think I think even prior to that movie, he was, in, he was probably in a couple sword movies. Um, gosh, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, but yeah, just training your actor to do that it can lead to like some cool shit, you know. 100%. I mean, yeah, not sure. that you should throw swords at your actors, but maybe you should throw swords. Yeah, don't at your throw actors. actual yeah. swords at your actors. Well, I mean, it's like you know, it's like <laughs> Keanu Reeves because he has all that training behind him. He is able to work with the stunt guys, work with the director, and be like, "Hey, my character," and he can he can now bring those skills to the character level, you know? Right. Because like right. that's important too. Because like a certain character may not know, like you as an actor may have to really know your shit, but maybe your character doesn't really know how to use a weapon. But you have to you have to fake that mm-hmm. because right. you know you like so like the rookie in in Dread like. You know she's a rookie, so she has to kind of play a little naive. Um, but also, yeah. as an actor, she has to be fucking prepared, and she has to know how to how to do all of it. So there's that element too, which is again that 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 actually be harder to pull off, really. You know, yeah, because John Wick is like an expert. So it, if you know all these skills, it's easy to kind of show off. But it would be harder if if you you are an expert, but you have to actually are playing a character that may not. Um, have the skill set as the character so that's a whole other thing too and that's why you see you know these action stars that are able to play these different characters and you're not recognizing Jason Statham as the same guy in every single film because his set his skill set in different films are 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 different you know it's like Carl Urban's skill set in Star Trek is different than his shit in Dread you know Um, but it's so it's interesting it but these are all things that action films bring out, you know, that that other films don't necessarily bring out. Um, so right. Yeah, yeah. They kind of like put these these other elements like to the surface, you know, like mm-hmm. all these elements are like in other movies. Like like you, you do have like um, blocking, you know, in movies. Right. But like stylized blocking choreography right. um, <laughs> is is really uh, important for action movies. And that becomes like what the movie is about like it's like about like how they're moving from space to space and that's where i think the raid is really interesting because they're almost dancing in the raid yeah you know what i mean like it could almost be like like that pina movie that wim winders did you know it could almost be that because it is like so it's so stylized and it's so um like it's so like real but not real at the same time you know it's Mm. like shot documentary but like if, I feel like if you saw that like on a stage or something, it would be like way more stylized than it actually feels in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's grounded in the movie. Yeah, it's super grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah it feels well, it feels super authentic. I mean, a part of that too is just the the way like you said, you know, just the location and where how it's, it's shot and how it's shot. It, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it is shot in like that cinema verite like style, like docu style. You know, yeah, which was part of the production history. Yeah. of it because um, they were going to make a documentary at one point for this movie and then they just kind of rolled with it or something I, it was something <laughs> like that it was hard to hard to tell exactly but um, but I don't know 
the cinema, I mean, they're like flying all over each other and almost like a, I don't want to say a wuxia kind of way, but maybe wuxia influenced a little bit, you know, like not that they're flying around on, um, you know, wires or anything, but they're like rolling off of each other and like, yeah, I don't know. There's like a weird thing. Like, it's also very real. Like they're punching each other's faces and smashing each other's faces into things. But how they're like interacting with each other felt not authentic, but stylized in a like in a good way. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think it's like a, just okay. a tra- the tradition of that type of fighting just is so unlike you know like Western Western films and stuff that you know what I mean. Sure, like sure. <laughs> and I would say like, and that's where choreography becomes really key because you can tell when choreography is not, or there's actors who haven't trained on how to actually hit things mm-hmm. because they don't hit. In this, if you if you're ready to block something and you go to hit, there's ways you can contact. Right. Where yeah, I mean, you're probably gonna hit and you're gonna feel it and you might be boosted <laughs> up, but like, you know what I mean? You actually get an impact. Yeah. yeah. Which is really key to fight scenes because you can tell when you yeah. don't actually hit yeah. something. It's really fucking obvious. And a lot of like you know more amateur filmmakers skip that part. Yeah. And it, it shows. I mean, it's it's it's, it's important to get that impact i mean even like like in blade runner 2049 when like harrison ford hits right costly accidentally punched him but they kept it in the movie for a reason because it's you can't get better than the actual hit you know like fight club yeah punches him in the ear yeah you know (laughs) and um i you know i think jackie chan has talked about this too you know about about the impact and and how in the tradition of his films you know it's like you see the follow-through you know, whereas mm-hmm. in Hollywood back in the 90s, you know, Die Hard, you know, Bruce Willis is, is punching, but you, it cuts before you can really see the follow through. Um, and there's just these different styles, different traditions. And I think the raid really brought something that we had never seen before in film, especially in such a such a genre piece, because it really is such a genre piece. Um, but it's kind of opened up how fights are kind of seen in in films um we don't necessarily see people rolling off different bodies and stuff the same way that they are in this film but you can tell elements of it are being used in like you know marvel films it just kind of kind of like how you know you could tell that the wachowskis watched wuxia films and then did the matrix you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's it's the same sort of influence where um people you know, Tim Miller is seeing, you know, the raid and was like, fuck, you know, what if we did something that incorporated these elements and put them mm-hmm. in John Wick, you know? And, right. And, you know, then you get Gunkata, you know, stuff like that. Uh-huh. So it's kind of cool. Um, just the just the different traditions, because I think that's important. And I think the raid, you know, it's a foreign film, but it's an action film that so many millions of people have seen. But it's a foreign film. Written by you know white, I mean? written and directed by a white dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's yeah, kind of totally. cool though. Yeah, like, totally. it is cool. And um, you know that 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 tradition of 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 the fighting, like being in the same frame, that's true for like slapstick comedy too, like physical right. comedy. Like you want to see, um, like if if you're setting up a a joke, you know, for a slapstick comedy, like the the punchline has to be in the same frame, otherwise it's not funny. Like if you cut. If you cut to someone like throwing a watermelon and it hitting someone else in the face, that's not funny. But seeing it in the same frame, 
is funny. You know, the Chaplin's comedy was so genius because so many antics would happen. He'd walk by something and that would affect the joke. You right. know, and then he'd turn around like, and it'd be normal, whatever, you know, like. Yeah, there's yeah. a, there's like a Chaplin and even like Leslie Nielsen's movies, uh, like the police squad or the um, uh, naked gun and stuff or airplane. Like those movies, like they really like embrace that same frame slapstick uh, comedy. And those movies are freaking gold, man. <laughs> those movies are totally. awesome. Yeah, there's like a fine line because, you know, you see the stunt performers in like Mel Brooks films. Right. And and right. they're they're both stuntmen, but they're both slapstick Com- comedians, yeah. you know, um, yeah. so they, like you know, those those people play in both worlds. They dip, they, you know, dip, they dip their toes in, into both of them. You know, like, you know, you, you see, you know, these famous stuntmen from the '30s and '40s, you know, that were in John Wayne films like Yakima Canut and stuff. But they all they were also in these comedy films, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know. So it's it it is interesting. There is that fine that fine line that 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 those type of workers have to have to have to you know really perform with um which is which is also unlike any other genre you know <laughs> like <laughs> right um i want to get a little opinionated about these here though so we should do a quick little round table um and then kind of i just want to hear some some thoughts because I've, I've seen both these before, uh, but it was dope to rewatch it. And I know, I think, Jacob, you've seen both of these, right? Um, I saw Dread, but not The Raid before. Oh, okay. And then you hadn't seen Dread yet. Yeah, I'd seen The Raid oh. a few times, but I hadn't seen nice. um, I hadn't seen Dread. Okay. Got a good mix of viewing I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how about we start with me and end with Byron? Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. Ooh, this is tough. Because I know Keith is uh, is 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 a connoisseur of of these type of action films. I think I'll, he's yeah. out of the three of us is more versed in this realm. I think I remember your dad. You said you, your dad has like a huge collection of fight films and stuff. So I feel like I think you're you're maybe more versed in this sort of type of film. Like you know more about the history and stuff and. So it's tough because <laughs> I think I think you really love Asian influenced films like 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 Bruce Lee and 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 Jackie Chan and and um Johnny Toe and these other films that are the filmmakers and stuff that that are and John Woo and you know like Chow Yun Fat like you know those guys those, yeah. those you know like <laughs> um so a part of me wants to say like the raid is like your thing because it it encapsulates like that Asian fight part that you like <laughs> you know what I mean like that that tradition but then dread fits into that more of that genre stuff that you like so much too they're both pretty genre so they're though. both genre but like i feel like dread kind of taps into that like stylistic like mm-hmm. heightened reality sort of stuff that you dig like in like only god forgives sort of thing you know what i mean so these are two action films that represent two different types of fight like choreography and style that it, that's what makes it so hard. I think... And I really like both of these movies. I know, that's so. a thing. I'm just gonna... This is really tough. I'm just Make gonna... Make it harder. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say... 
maybe for this alone, this pairing alone, maybe. <laughs> I'll have to say Dread. I think because something to do with Carl Urban's character, the way he performs it, I think you're impressed by mm-hmm. his um, sense of, of just, you know, his delivery of lines is just... I think it's just more entertaining to you in that sense. Whereas if the raid had been paired up with almost any other like Western <laughs> made fight film, uh, I think the raid would win. Um, but I think dread is something a little special. So I'm going to go with dread. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with Byron, especially on that last point that, that you said that it is a, I think Dread holds a little special place, place in your heart, um, and I think a big part of that is the uh, is the more hipster side of you because I, I think <laughs> that like like I think this, and I know you think this, and I bet Byron thinks this, but I think you think Dread has been underappreciated and deserves way more attention than it than it has, and I think the raid has gotten its its love, um, but but I think you as like a uh, hidden gem of of uh cinema from from britain i think dread is um is definitely up there as as a movie so uh you know i'm gonna go ahead agree 100 percent with what byron's saying he put it way better than i could but uh but i think i I also think it's dread yeah i think dread has been criminally underrated (laughs) dude like like lock up the people who say dread should not have like gotten the support because it's just so it's definitely like I really like both these movies. I uh, it kind of I feel like it just kind of swings back and forth a little bit of like depending on my mood. Right, right now, Dread is definitely yeah. uh, higher up than the Raid. Uh, I really like the Raid. Though, don't get me wrong; it's really interesting. But I was definitely in a Dread mood. See, um, see. So you know, it's hard to <laughs> hard to beat it. I just I just I do like Gunkata a lot. You know, yeah, just yeah. getting some people out there shooting each other <laughs> just, just go with it um but yeah carl urban um you know he's he kind of is the focal point of this movie but still doesn't get the credit i mm. don't think that i mean he acts with his mouth the whole fucking yeah. movie yeah. i know um, he's pulling insane. that tom hardy with uh, dunkirk exactly yeah <laughs> exactly he did um, he acts without his mouth <laughs> Yeah, he acts only with his that's eyes. True, that's true. That's mouth. true. It's the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> together but, they should have won it. Uh, won some sort of an award, right? <laughs> they should be in a movie together. <laughs> they should. They should do face off together, and it could be very jarring. <laughs> oh god! But uh, yeah, dude, and like stacked. It's like stacked with cast members. Like it just had everything right. Like it's a movie that shouldn't have ever been made. The fact that it got made is incredible, yeah. and had everything going for it, and then just got shit on like yeah. for no real reason. Yeah. Um, and they're all dedicated to come back for a sequel if it could ever happen. But I don't. I, dude, I honestly don't know if a sequel ever would happen. It's really sad. I mean, can you imagine if Dread Two could be made now with the technology that we have? Because watching, having watched Dread years after it's been released, I can see the technological like limitations that they dealt with. At yeah. the same time, I could appreciate because I knew that Anthony Dodd Mantle is a fucking maverick. That wh- I knew that he was pushing shit. Those slow movies were crazy, yeah. dude. Those the, were the the headlines for this movie when it came out. Were like, 
does an insane slow mo like there was just like crazy like effects yeah. like with practical slow mo crystallized felt, I mean, stuff but like you see like the, the so much they shot like the slow motion shit like on the phantom flex which you know the phantom everybody knows the capabilities of the phantom it's been it's made amazing images that everyone's uh, uh, you know antichrist fucking used it you know um oh, sure for the slow motion sequences and, and you know melancholia and stuff but then it was shot on a red one. The rest of it. Red one, man, that's like the OG. Yeah. You know, so like it's it's two thousand you know, made in two thousand twelve, but it was still shot on a red one, man. They had better reds in two thousand twelve. But you could tell he was pushing shit and it made it, you know, there's a definite grain to the mm. film and a digital grain that you could look at now and be like, Oh my god, it's so ugly. At the same time, <laughs> it brings it brings a character to the mm, film, and I think Anthony Dad, Anthony Dodd Mantle is good at that. When you look at Festin, when you look at Julian Donkey Boy, when you look at these other films he's done in the digital realm with cameras that are now like shit. At the same time, oh, he's yeah. able to like twenty eight days. Yeah, yeah. He's able to create a mood, and, a, and he he's able to really work with it. And there's a there's a there's an aesthetic there, um, and I think Dread is. You know, if they were to make that now, it it would, it'd be. I'd be super curious to see like what they could come up with visually. Because I mean, it, considering like if you imagine uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine's effects right. on a Dread yeah. with a budget, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Dread had a budget. Dread was like thirty to forty million or something, yeah. like which is yeah. a tiny budget for a period piece, and obviously shows in the aspects of like the city, the digital city looks kind of dorky sometimes, and. You know, the machine gun fire sometimes was a little goofy. Yeah. Um, but everything else was almost all practical. Right. The slow-mo scenes, they blasted people with air. Yeah. Obviously, they put in blood and shit, which looked kind of cheesy. But they actually blasted people to shoot them, yeah. like, in slow motion. Because you could tell on their flesh yeah. and stuff, which was really impressive. And I was looking at some of that. And, and some of it you could tell is also a little post. But, like, when the guy gets... When the, one of the other um, judges gets fucking like hit in the neck, mm-hmm. uh, you could tell it's a little like computer CGI, but it's done in a way where it's not really noticeable, especially probably at the time it was made, exactly. because it fits with the the, the, the kind of the, the grainy feel of it, so they can get kind of disguise some of the mm-hmm. some of the the limitations that they had, which is really cool. But now with what I mean, in seven years, the what technology has been able to do exactly I, I would be super curious to see what they could come up with me too and it, it yeah same it's like one of those movies that's so deserving of a sequel and they left it open for a sequel for this whole like extra world and like you know alex garland's name being attached to it right. i mean he basically directed the movie <laughs> carl urban no straight up said that this should have been his directorial debut uh, Pete travis got like shat like oh, wow. apparently just there was something going on and like when editing came around he was locked out of the room oh, shit. and on set carl urban was going to garland for notes and stuff like yeah. he basically directed the movie and now he's a big name yeah. bring him back carl urban's down to do it <laughs> and i know carl urban's not like he's top of the b list or bottom of the a list you know what i mean yeah, like he's yeah. not an unknown guy right Bring him in, bring in a couple of people, bring in a good cinematographer. Like, not, I mean, not, I don't discount Mantle, but bring in someone who's got a name or whatever. Yeah. And make this shit happen, yeah. dude. Like, it's so. Well, there's, fuck, give, give Mantle a fucking budget. 
right? You know, and yeah. what really the issue with this yeah. whole film is this whole this film would have been completely success completely successful had the marketing not been terrible for mm. it, and then doing 3D, which was kind of questionable. Oh, they did 3D with it. It was dread 3D. Yeah, they yeah. did. Oh. That's why you can tell some of the shots oh, are a little more set up for okay, it. Okay, and then sense. a lot of the uh, slow mo is a little more set up for mm. it, but the marketing but how was cool garbage. The 3D would have been awesome because of all like the yeah. the uh, the little twinklies. I forgot what they're called. I was gonna say the, of the water and shit or whatever. The sparkly yeah, yeah. like I yeah, think the that 3D would have been cool. That would, that would but yeah, those definitely drug like, scenes would have been super cool in 3D. Um, just for sake of time though, but like the yeah, I do like a lot both these a lot. I like how the raid is really practical, lives in its world. Yeah. The fight scenes are great, obviously, um, and it's super simple in its regard. But yeah, dread is just like. It does. It holds a weirdly special place in my heart where I'm like, <laughs> it's so basic, but so awesome, and just so un- criminally underrated. Have you seen the Stallone Dread? What? No, I haven't seen okay. the Stallone Dread. But I heard that the original writer of Dread, uh, John Wagner, said that this one was way better. Oh, like, wow. in his own opinion. <laughs> wow. But this one just wow. captured it a lot better. <laughs> Damn. Because he was more involved, too. Shit. Um, so there's, yeah, it just has so much going for it, and it's so ridiculous to me that it's a gold mine of stuff that for some reason producers just won't even look at <laughs> if it never gets a sequel like in my lifetime if i ever have the ability to be like i don't know if i direct tread but if i was like at a point where i could yeah. be like trying to green light movies or put advocating yeah. for green lighting movies i mean dread 2 is like you could do like a logan dread where it's like carl urban in older dope, age dude. you know that'd that'd be be so yeah. <laughs> in black and white <laughs> oh shit yes. dread and chrome yeah oh my god dread and chrome. all right but yeah dread for me um let's do jacob and we'll end on byron um this is tough because you've never seen the raid before but you have a high respect for a lot of those movies, and you've touched on other Asian He had Asian his Asian, he had his Asian kick yeah, there for yeah, a yeah. while. I'm going to go with The Raid, because I think The Raid is just a little bit more... Um, Asian? <laughs> <laughs> Yellow Fever is... Uh, is all I'm checking. Um <laughs> I just think there's sort of, sort of ambition to The Raid uh, in it's, its choreography. Oh my god! Oh my Jesus! God. Sorry. <laughs> you're, now you're um, being an agent provocateur. <laughs> uh, but I think with the fighting and everything else, there's certain ambition to it, um, you know, and the choreography and everything else that I think really stands out. Uh, having seen Dread before, I don't know how it aged for you, so I'll just go with the raid. Oh fuck! God damn it! This is hard. Um, I might. <sighs> make it interesting i'll just say dread i think there is something about the asian quality of the raid that maybe made it more interesting for you and i think i think i think the raid is you find it impressive for what it is and the and the tradition it is and like like no knocks on on the the craft that of of the film but i think i think it goes back to like your more comedy roots and kind of your the entertainment as part of you i think you're maybe just more entertained in general with dread because of the funny little quirks that he says and you know stuff like that so i'm just gonna go with dread just to be the just, just change it up a bit right um well 
it is dread, but you're you're both not really uh, on point <laughs> today. Oh wow! All right, <laughs> as far as reasons go. All right. Um, I I, I could I I honestly I, I don't mind the raid. I don't mind that it exists, but I I just couldn't really get into it. Wow. Like, all. <laughs> all right. Yeah, like Fair I just enough. it just felt like like I just wanted a little bit more. Like it like I kind of think this is about John Wick. Like I. I, I like that it exists and I think it's cool and I like the gun kata and, and the action and stuff and you can totally have a movie like that but I even with like John Wick and the raid like I, I kind of want a little more character like in there you know that's just my personal preference sure um, sure and I I really like dread but not because of the little quips and stuff I like dread because of the just the visuals like mm. I I mean yeah I think the um I, I do see your guys' point with like, oh, you can kind of see the age of it, like with with the with the visuals of it. But I just love like the yellow colors and like the the you know the pink bullets and just like it just seems so like you know these movies are identical. You know these movies are pretty <laughs> much the same movie uh, in a lot of ways. But Dread is just like so much more colorful and like way more eye eye candy for me. Where the Raid is like way more like. Um, impressive in like a discipline kind of way yeah. and i think i'll i think i'd take the eye candy over the discipline um mm. any day all right so because um, to me it's just like like i i can appreciate someone who can like really like you know keanu or any of those red guys who can really like sell a scene like just in the one shot but um i don't know i watch movies for the visuals you know so you know that's for that, sure, that sure, takes a back sure. seat to to the other stuff. But I I mean I don't I don't mind the raid, but I liked red. But I don't I don't mind the raid. We should honestly do a part 2 to this episode with the original dread and then the sequel raid 2. Raid 2. <laughs> we should. Down. Oh yeah. I'd we be should down. just be, be just be for you know, just for fun. Just to see just have like a, you know, another dread raid, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. I got to oh, interject shit. here. I saw The Devil is being remade. American remake. Oh, really? Really? Oh. Who's doing it? Adam Wingard. I haven't heard of that name. He did The Guest, You're Next. Oh, okay. He did the Blair Dude, Witch reboot. Dude, The Guest reboot. is hella good. The, Actually, guest, the, guest good was pretty, the Guest was pretty good. Yeah, but this movie does not need to be remade, though, mm-mm, either. Mm-mm. That's probably true. But he, he it's, he's a good pick for that, I, I think. Huh, that's interesting. That's, yeah, I saw the devil is so good. It's like, no, that's really weird. Why, to me. why touch it? Yeah, that's really I can, weird. you know, I can see why they went from, they picked this guy because the guest and I saw the devil are very, very similar, in in how it's a revenge story that gets twist and turned in the in the same exact way. Yeah, I can see. I can. Yeah, those movies now that they're very very similar movies. I'll have to watch the guest. I, I have never connected it, but... those two things because they're like totally like they're a different amount. They're di- they're like a different amount of like 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 violent levels. You know, I don't know. Okay, I haven't seen your next, but huh? I, I saw. I've seen your next. It's it's okay. I mean, it's not like yeah, it's competently made and everything. It's, uh, just not like... what they call it, uh, mumblecore like horror. Do you know what mm. mumblecore is? Yeah, it comes from yeah. that like that. They're all part of that same group of people. Oh, God. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted that. But oh, okay, so, I'm sorry. Did you say the gift or the guest? The guest. Oh. 
Oh, you know, I haven't seen The Guest. I was thinking of The Gift. The Gift is good, is too. Is The Gift, uh, what's-his-face? With Jason Bateman? Yeah, not that one. It's not that. Okay. Yeah, different well, guy. Well, then I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen The Guest, so I can't really <laughs> speak to that. The Guest, I think, is on Netflix. It's all right. It's it's just a decent, like, little kind of thriller kind of movie. Anyway, all right. So, Jacob, like The Raid. Sorry for that derailing us there. Um, I, I, I know, like, sorry, uh, you like Dread. Yeah. You like Dread. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I went Thanks for derailing there. again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so this is the interesting one. Byron's seen The Raid a couple of times, has not seen Dread. Uh, but I honestly think, like, I think Dread's going to win out here. <laughs> because it is it is so, and I, you didn't say much about, like, the slow-mo stuff, but it's so stylized and so yeah. interesting and how they do it. So technically um, competent for lack of a better word. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's just like a solid movie all around. Like <laughs> what else to say? Like if after, especially after seeing the raid a couple of times, I think the raid it's rewatch value kind of goes down a little bit on subsequent rewatches. Um, so a little bit of surprise coming from dread. Cause I don't know how much you knew about it beforehand before watching it, but like it is kind of surprising just how like competent of a yeah, movie it yeah. actually is. Yeah. I just, I, I just heard you guys talking about it, you know, okay. and that you really liked it. And that's all yeah. I knew. I didn't, and then I didn't, you know, when you guys posted on Slack, I saw, you know, Alex Garland was, um, had something to do with it, but I didn't look up anything um, before I really watched it besides what you guys had posted or, you know, talked about. And then after I watched it, I, you know, I looked into it a little bit more. But other than that, I didn't, I didn't, you know, didn't know too much. Okay. Yeah. Because I actually don't even know how much you like The Raid. I mean, you've seen it a couple of times, so you can't right. just dislike it but yeah um i don't know i think dread surprised you i'm gonna i'll go so far as to say that you quite like dread quite a bit cool 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 um yeah i i think i'm with keith on this one i think you did like dread quite a bit and i think um i think with the raid i think maybe you watch that with like your bros or something you know like that's like a good like bro bro out movie maybe have you seen it multiple times yeah i saw it once by myself and then i saw it once with my dad oh with your dad yeah, okay yeah and you showed it to him because it was like hey you should check this out you i know? was actually just like at home and i just put it on because i just like i just something just to put on you know what i mean like i was right, kind of right. i think i was busy with something else and i was at my parents house and I just put it on and my dad just kind of sat down and we just kind of watched it together. You know what I mean? Like we oh, yeah. just like it just kind of sucks you in. It yeah, sucked yeah. in and just like because he was just like, "What the fuck?" Like he, he you know, like <laughs> so dope. You know, he didn't know what it was or anything. He just saw, you know, heard people fighting, and so then he, he just started, you know, watching it and right. You know, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And then your yeah, your mom's in the other room just you know complaining oh, yeah. no know. she yeah she she didn't she it's didn't like complain these movies. she didn't complain during but she was just like what was that you know like <laughs> right right <laughs> so funny um but uh, yeah i guess yeah i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to go with with dread just i i think you like you know i think you have a um a a, a special spot on your body for Dodd Mantle, you know, uh, that, that tickles you whenever you see one of his movies. Um, so I think that's definitely a factor. And I, I think, I think you are impressed with the, yeah, you guys Garland are both right. Like I, 
I love discipline in movies and discipline in every department I think is super important. So the discipline that the stunt guys and the choreography and stuff that the raid like exemplifies or whatever is like super good. Like no knock on the raid. I, you know, I enjoy, Mm -hmm. I enjoy, I enjoy that film and I really like the second one. Um, uh, but I, for the exact same reason that Jacob did, I like Dread better. I think when I watch movies, it's really all about the visuals and kind of just like memorable shots and memorable things or things that I could like just learn from. And Dread has that. Will I watch Dread again? Probably not, though. Damn. Like, it's not no hard, like, no, like, dissing it. It's just. I have my other films that I go to when I want something like that. Um, uh, which is, I, I don't mean this as a knock on the film. It's just, I think I'd rather watch, watch like Robocop, you know, like, uh, like, you know, I'm a little bit more old school in that way. I think maybe, um, but I did enjoy this movie and I love movies that for some weird reason, um, shot in Johannesburg, there's something about Johannesburg that I really like, you know, like District Nine, District Nine, and and um, Chappy. Chappy, and but um, I I really I did appreciate Dread, and I I I mean I might watch it again, I, you know, it's one of those ones I might, you know, especially it's so easy to throw on. That's yeah, that's like the nice thing. It's like it. I might I might watch it again, especially if I'm wanting to like look at like action slow mo or whatever, because mm-hmm. that's again like like Keith, like I I was really impressed with the slow motion um sequences and um and it, but you know if anything it just really made me curious about what they could do now with it you know so oh, like I, and, and maybe that's why you know i think i would like it more if i had seen it when it was released i think it would i think it would be more i'd be like more with keith you know like you know i'd really be like oh you know i'd, I'd continue to rewatch it because i try and replicate how i saw it the first time whereas now i saw it it's a little dated so it's not it doesn't doesn't bring that punch that impact that other films that i you know like you know what like climax right and i watch climax and it's going to stick with me more it's going to be have more rewatch value because yeah it's doing something that i'm i don't know how to describe that but but i still i really did enjoy dread and anthony Mantle, yeah i'm a huge fan of his but i think his best work is antichrist and he's not my favorite cinematographer by a long shot but i really respect what he's done for film and like just the history as a cinematographer what what he's done to to push um the art form and and the industry has followed him really Mm -hmm. you know so it's so it was cool you know, it was an Anthony Dodd Mantle film that I had not seen, and I've seen most of his work um, from Festin on up. So um, it was cool to get that checklist, I you know, that, yeah. to check that off my checklist. So, um, but yeah, um, I enjoyed both both these movies. Just dread is just like just visually all all about it <laughs> i feel that yeah I'm, I'm ready for the rewatch of dread already just talking about it damn it's just it's on my list of like i gotta like help this get made at some point in my life you know what i mean like even if it takes 20 years from now dread 2 wow there's never that's a cool dread it's, it's cool that you got made. that the, the passion for it you know it's cool it's just deserved it's just one of those things like 
I don't know. There's people out there in the film because film is hard to do, and there's just people who just deserve yeah. certain aspects. You know, there's other films out there I think that deserve a lot more too. Like, but yeah, there's some, I don't know. I don't know what it is about that movie that I'm just That's like, so dude, funny. Just like, I think it's the passion of the people who made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that passion kind of gets squandered because they just people don't give a shit. Yeah, you know? it's unfortunate. Um, all right, yeah, that's cool. So dread uh, eked out everyone. So, yeah, awesome. Uh, go ahead and I'll read that after actually. Um, so we'll do our pitches here um, after the break. Uh, stick around. Welcome back. This is the Backpack Pitch Fest, where we each have 30 seconds to pitch a plot to a movie based on this week's topic, and then we vote on who's as best. Uh, this week, our plots will feature some sort of vertical or horizontal action, because the two films are literally vertical action movies. So, I went first last time. Uh, which one of you two want to go first this time? I can go first. All right. All right. Um, by the way, I don't specifically say like vertical or horizontal in my pitch is that okay i think there's other ways to say it like the way i said it i think okay implies i mean it. mine's mine's more of like we know what the pitch is so right i you think know what let's I mean? just hear it. if it is like any like linear uh direction i, th- I think okay. Yeah, if it starts to become, then they traveled to fucking Rivendell and then Mordor and like, right. you know what I mean? Then we know we're not in the right area, but right. Like, I think cool, like cool, if cool. it's like one location or if it's like on a road to a location, like a road trip movie could be. Yeah, it's like it's it's one location. Okay. I, I okay. I just, All right. Yeah. No. Let's just hear it and then we'll okay. see. All right. What's the title? Uh, the sinking fang. Sinking fang. Oh, F A N G. Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 All right. One second. Are you ready? Yeah. And go. 1927, Paris, France. A young detective named Victor finds himself investigating the murders of five prostitutes. He follows a lead to a popular opium den where he hears the name of a surgeon whispered about as a possible killer. Victor is then followed by a local gang that supplies the opium to various businesses for they do not want a cop in their territory. Soon finding himself inside Paris's largest hospital, Victor has to track down the possible murderous surgeon as he himself is chased by the opium dealers through corridors housing mad people, the injured, and even gruesome medical experiments. Mm, interesting interesting all right yeah that that works for me all right cool as as uh vertical action you know i mean really i think the key to the to it is um the the single location the hospital is the kicker yeah like the hospital is like yeah he's like searching for a thing in the hospital yeah yeah up to that point i wasn't agreeing but the hospital is what made it yep all right there's that all right um do you want me to go since you went first last time I can go. Okay. That doesn't matter. Okay. Well, I mean, if you want to go, go ahead. I, I don't care. We can mix it up. We don't usually go that direction, so. Okay, we can do it. Let's, let's go that direction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mine's called, uh, mine's called Jacob's Ladder. Oh, my God. Is this allowed? <laughs> what? Uh, Is what allowed? Uh, All right, are you ready? Yeah. And Go. The entrance to heaven is found at the top of the world's tallest skyscraper. The site becomes extremely dangerous as corporations hire soldiers in a fight to maintain control of the entrance. 
We follow a hired gun who doesn't believe in God as he escorts a desperate father who wants to reunite with his daughter in heaven. Mm. I, I actually don't. I dig that. That's sick. Dope. Yeah, that's literally pandering to Byron. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should have called it Byron's Ladder. I'm not sure. Oh, it's okay. We'll talk about it. Never mind. You don't think that's vertical action? I don't think so, but we'll see. Because there's nothing that tells me. It says, because the way you describe it, I just pictured them all just constantly being at the top of the building. They're fighting to get to the top to get to heaven, which is at the top. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Oh. I pictured them just kind of, you said that soldiers are trying to take over, or constantly battling for the top. I guess I assumed that it would just take it kind of takes place mostly at the top. But I can see what you're saying now. Gotcha. We'll 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 give it. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, what's the title <laughs> of yours? <clears throat> it's funny that you said Jacob's Ladder because I was gonna call mine Halo and I was like, eh, that's <laughs> oh, probably that's too on the nose. So what I called it instead is I can hear a ringing in space. Hmm, cool. Oh. Yeah, I can hear a ringing in space. Are you ready? Yeah. Sweet and go. A ring with a five-mile diameter floats through space. On it is a utopia of humans who have given their life to exploration. The ring is sectioned out by necessity of job. When an identical ring appears near them, a team is sent to investigate. On board, they find an opposite world of disarray and violence. The team is split and picked off one by one as they fight to get to the other side of the ring, where the captain is planning to steer his ring into the other. Damn. Mm. Fuck, I like, I like both of these. Yeah, Shit. coming in, both coming in pretty short here. Fuck. All right. You decided to go first, so you get to pick first. Shit. Never go first. <laughs> oh, fuck. God damn it. I don't know. Um, uh, fuck. I, I like these for, I like these for completely different reasons. I like Jacobs for the thematic reason, but I also, but I like, uh, I like Keith's for like the vi- visually, you know. I, I can I can see both of these extremely well. You guys both did a super good job at like, at least for me, illustrating exactly what the point of you know what I mean, like of the film of the films were. Oh God damn it! This is tough. I don't know. Um. I'm the only one who went kind of horizontal with it too. I guess you could consider it vertical in ways, but because it's in space, yeah, it's kind of like yeah, yeah. I'm picturing a little bit of 2001. You know how they like walk around the edges, so oh, it's yeah. kind of vertical in that sense, yeah. but also like, horizontal, like Interstellar, the end of Interstellar, mm-hmm. sort of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Dead air, dead air. Fuck, this is tough. It's good um, radio. <laughs> God damn it, it's tough. Uh. Oh shit! What is this? Ninety-seven? I've done this for ninety-five episodes. God damn it! This is fucking hard. Um, <laughs> damn, because it, it it really depends on like how on how they were done visually. I think for me, should we just pass? Yeah, have yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. Let's come back. God. Around. Oh, <laughs> right. God damn! What do you think? Um. I, I like both, but I I, I like uh, I, I do like Keats. I like your uh, I like how you did the uh, the just like this with the circle th- stuff. Like I just love shit like that with the 
uh, what, do, what do you call it when, when, when you put a camera on a gravity rotation thingy? Cent- centrifusion? Is that what it's called? I can't remember. Oh, oh a centrifuge like, or... Centrifuge. It that... sounds like you fuck with a lot of that stuff, and that is always mm-hmm. cool to me. So any kind of time, anytime something's rotating, not just to rotate, but like to have a reason for it is like the coolest shit in my mind. So you got it. All right. And what was the name um, of your not Halo movie? <laughs> ringing? Uh, I can hear a ringing in space. Ringing in space, yeah. Yeah. Because <clears throat> there's two rings. Right. Oh. <laughs> um, I actually do like both of these quite a bit coming in hot. Um, and <clears throat> having a, like understanding more about what Jacobs is, like I could definitely see how like f- having that be the goal at the top makes a lot of sense for like the vertical action. Um, I don't know. I like Byron's period like <laughs> piece like the way where it takes place and then kind of this mix of like the drugs and then the deformity of the hospital like old school hospital right uh plus you know like mysteries and whatnot um this is a tough one though this is a tough one i'm gonna probably go with byron's it is a little just a little different yeah and i just like i said i wasn't with it until you said the hospital and then i was like okay now as long as most of the movie is like the hospital then we can yeah yeah we can consider that but i would be curious to see like there's a lot of messed up medicine yeah from that time period so to see that i I thought you were actually gonna go for like a jack the ripper type thing oh cool initially but but i mean it was like close like really close honestly it's like dread versus the raid (laughs) right Oh god, I, th- I feel the same way. Um, I think I'll go with Keith's. Um, but oh, it's so tough. They're so close. <laughs> I think it is close. I think thematically, I would totally go with Jacobs. Like that Ooh. idea is fucking awesome i love the idea of it i do really want to watch um, that concept yeah i'd be curious to see i yeah. feel like you're you would make that movie and then they'd get to the ladder and then it would just kind of end like <laughs> you wouldn't actually like but i want to see the progression t- to getting to right. the ladder yeah I, you I, know what's funny I, is i wrote an end but but i cut it out for the pitch what was the end you have to watch the movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> then they all wake up and it was a dream yeah no, uh, it was that that um, I wrote that Lucifer was like he was the one who like opened the the gate to heaven. Oh, that's cool. Like they that's find dope. out that he like opened it up. You know, because that actually wanted, probably would have won it for you. Probably, you probably would have gotten my yeah, vote. I think mine too. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, funny. I think uh, conceptually, I think I like Jacobs more. But just as I guess a whole package, because I got more description from Keith's and stuff. I because I, I didn't know how you wh- how you were gonna do what you know what I mean. Oh yeah, um, I, I think went just, super theme with it because it yeah. felt it felt like that was like what these movies are. Like it, it seems like with vertical action, yeah. you can really get like a solid theme out of the movies. Because just because yeah. it's about lining things up in general, mm-hmm. so I just right. like. I was just like, well, what's the theme of this? And let, and let's go. And then the action can figure itself out. Yeah. And then, yeah, I like Keith's because uh, it's different. And it's like, yeah. It, it, it's like I, one of those ones where it's like almost not really a win because it's like 
all three of these were actually yeah, some of the best plots solid. I think we said. Really dope. I, 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 I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like picking, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> picking your, you know, two favorite kids out of three or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, that was a, this is the closest, uh, closest pitch we've had, I guess, in a long time, maybe ever. Yeah, I think we all that brought our tough, A I, games to this one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because <clears throat> it was, it was, it was so simple. Maybe it's just that's the, sim- the thing. Is the simplicity. I told Keith it was hard. It, it was, was hard, hard because the genre is so it's, it's it's been done so many times. It's like to come kind of come up with something new. Yeah, and the obvious choice, like, and I, this is not to discredit your guys, but like you know, the building being the like obvious choice of like yeah, and so that's why I wanted to add in the horizontal one too because I was like you know if we all come in and do well, they go into this skyscraper and fight their way up. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think we were all on that wavelength because, like, I was like, I don't want to do just the building going up, sort of thing. So how am I going to change that? So, oh, make it a period film. Mm-hmm. Hospitals are both horizontal, and yeah, you know what I mean. Like they have to really go through corridors and then up, you know. Yeah. And then like you went kind of more science fiction, like, which is awesome. And then you went more science fiction, kind of on the different realm of science fiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like we were all thinking, like, we were all aware of what needed to be changed just we did it all in different ways which mm-hmm. is actually what this is all about really right <laughs> yeah i think yeah. if i was if we actually just did only vertical action i probably would have done something underground mm, that would have been cool because I, I was thinking, thinking about like, that <clears throat> yeah. underground like going the other way mm-hmm. yeah going yeah. down i wanted to do a tunnel for horizontal action too but i couldn't figure out a way to that really like sweet. do that that would be sweet yeah cool all right I'll take it this week, uh, even though it's, I mean, yeah, it's not really, like, I feel like if we would have done this tomorrow, it would have changed, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those types of things where it just depends on the mood more than anything. Um, So go ahead and follow us on Letterboxd at Jacob Fultz, Byron Gouet, G-O-U-E-T-T-E, and Hyperion Creator for me. Uh, Be sure to listen to next week's Happy Hour episode with whatever we decide to talk about. I don't know when that will be when it will be out so um and then check out the next two films uh we'll be talking about which is i am cuba and the passenger and be sure to focus on the long takes in those films um the passenger in particular i don't know how many long takes it has it has one very very famous it's a really famous one but it has uh i'm sure there's more than just the one but there is one in particular that's very very famous uh let us know if you spot it on a first watch. <laughs> I Am Cuba also has a very, very famous long take, um, which is kind of an odd one because it's so, it's so, uh, it draws so much attention to itself, but it is also an impressive take. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll definitely, and we're going to, I don't know, it's been a while. It's been literally since like episode two, no, three, two. When did we talk about Rope and Children When we did the steady cams. No, we did long takes for Rope and Children of Men. That was in the top, uh, one of the first ones. It's like in the yeah. first oh, three yeah. episodes yeah. we ever did. So it's been it's been almost two years yeah. since we talked about long takes. Wow. Um, That's and crazy. then eventually we will do the single take long take uh, with Victoria and Russian Ark, but that's somewhere in the future. Uh, so yeah, so just check out. Make sure to pay attention to the long takes. Really hone in and focus on those. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye.